morning. The service continues on page two of your bulletin. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. A reading from Isaiah. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was still in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I've labored labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It's too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes, tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations, and my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Kings shall see and stand up. Princes shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the fortieth Psalm, verses one through twelve. I waited patiently upon the Lord. He stooped to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the desolate pit, out of the mire and clay. He set my feet upon a high cliff and made my footing sure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many shall see and stand in awe and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are they who trust in the Lord. They do not resort to evil spirits or turn to false gods. Great things are they that you have done, O Lord my God. How great your wonders and your plans for us. There is none who can be compared with you. Oh, that I could make them known and tell them, but they are more than I can count. In sacrifice and offering you take no pleasure. You have given me ears to hear you. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required, and so I said, Behold, I come. In the roll of the book it is written concerning me, I love to do your will, O my God. Your law is deep in my heart. I proclaimed righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I did not restrain my lips, and that, O Lord, you know. Your righteousness have I not hidden in my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your deliverance. 
I have not concealed your love and faithfulness from the great congregation. You are the Lord. Do not withhold your compassion from me. Let your love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. A reading from 1 Corinthians. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace for God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you've been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind. Just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom, I, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was standing, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to have a seat. Today we will gather after the service for lunch together in our annual meeting. We will have an opportunity during that time to reflect 
together on a few questions concerning our life as members of St. Paul's, the gifts we share here, and our desires for the future of our parish. In some sense, we will have the opportunity to answer together the question Jesus asks these two disciples of John as they approach him, having heard the witness of John. What are you looking for? What do you seek? And we should be answering this question together. John's gospel sets us up to imagine ourselves in the position of one being asked this very question in the presence of Jesus. Notice that only one of the two disciples of John is named. The other is left nameless. Andrew goes to tell his brother Simon, later known as Peter, and this unnamed disciple is left standing before Jesus with the silence that stands between the question and a response. This is the place we inhabit in this story. John has left a place for the unknown present and future audiences to inhabit the story. We are those who, having heard John's testimony about the Lamb of God in the preceding verses, find ourselves believing John's testimony, or at least being curious about it, as far as we can, and now we stand before this so-called Lamb of God who has asked us what it is we are looking for. The question does not have an easy answer, because... I'm convinced that we often don't really know what we are looking for. Jesus asks a similar question to the disciples of John in another of the Gospels, saying, What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. We just heard this reading recently in Advent, and Jesus asks the question because those who went to John in the wilderness were looking for something new, a word from a prophet that would bring the hope of transformation. The tongue-in-cheek, or at least that's how I read it, of Jesus' rhetorical answers, a reed shaken by the wind and someone dressed in soft robes, is meant to call attention to the fact that they were not looking for these things. They knew where to find these things before Jesus tells them that they are found in the comfort of palaces in the cities. They knew the likes of Herod and Caesar, and they left the centers of power to visit the margins of the wilderness in hope of a better word than that of the rulers and authorities. So, what are you looking for? This is an incredibly apt question for the church and for each person in any age. In so many ways, we answer this question with our day-to-day lives bearing witness to our desires and goals as we live out the means to those ends. But there is another side to that as well. We often fail to reckon with the reality that we are not as free to choose our desires and goals as we like to think we are. The answer to what are you looking for is so often given to us in subtle and strategic ways that we pursue it without really knowing or critically discerning its origin. We don't like to think we are told what to seek, to pursue, or to desire, but our desires and aspirations are always formed by powers beyond our own control, even beyond our own consciousness. We might follow the question, what are you looking for, with what should I be looking for? And who is going to tell me? This would perhaps be the much more honest question and humble question in response to Jesus. Wendell Berry captures the elusive answer that we are often given to this question in one of his poems, and I'm going to read it at length to you all. 
Even while I dreamed, I prayed that what I saw was only fear and no foretelling. For I saw the last known landscape destroyed for the sake of the objective. The soil bulldozed, the rock blasted. Those who wanted to go home would never get there now. I visited the offices where, for the sake of the objective, the planners planned and at blank desks set in rows. I visited the loud factories where the machines were made that would drive ever forward toward the objective. I saw the forest reduced to stumps and gullies. I saw the poisoned river, the mountain cast into the valley. I came to the city that nobody recognized because it looked like every other city. I saw the passages worn by the unnumbered footfalls of those whose eyes were fixed upon the objective. Their passage had obliterated the graves and the monuments of those who had died in pursuit of the objective and who had long ago forever been forgotten according to the invariable rule that those who have forgotten forget that they have forgotten. Men and women and children now pursued the objective as if nobody ever had pursued it before. The races and the sexes now intermingled perfectly in pursuit of the objective. The once enslaved, the once oppressed, were now free to sell themselves to the highest bidder and to enter the best-paying prisons in pursuit of the objective, which was the destruction of all enemies, which was the destruction of all obstacles, which was to clear the way to victory, which was to clear the way to promotion, to salvation, to progress, to the completed sale, to the signature on the contract, which was to clear the way to self-realization, to self-creation, from which nobody who ever wanted to go home would ever get there now, for every remembered place had been displaced, the signposts had been bent to the ground and covered over. Every place had been displaced, every love unloved, every vow unsworn, every lock, every work unmeant, to make way for the passage of the crowd, of the individuated, the autonomous, the self-actuated, the homeless, with their many eyes opened only toward the objective, which they did not yet perceive in the far distance, having never known where they were going, having never known where they came from. The poem serves as a commentary on Jesus' question and challenges us to consider both the means to our objective and the forces that shape such a desire in us to begin with. With Jesus being the one asking this question, our expectations and objectives are immediately brought under the judgment of God revealed in the flesh. We recall what we expect, what we are looking for in this world, as we look into the face of Jesus, the Messiah of Israel and the Word made flesh. The God who has entered the world with us stands alongside and perhaps in contrast to the desires we have and the ends we are seeking. Is He what we expected? Is his life the kind of life we are trained or formed to desire? Or does his life of peace, mercy, faithfulness, and self-donation conflict with all those things we have been taught to seek? It is significant, then, that the reply of the two disciples is not a direct answer, but is rather a question about where Jesus is staying, literally where he abides. Jesus famously replies, come and see. So they go to the place where he's staying, and they abide with him there. I'm taking some liberties with this story, but as I read their interaction, I see two disciples who do not know how to answer the question, or at least they know their answers might not actually reflect what they should be looking for. So instead of answering with their dumb answer, they ask to abide with Jesus, perhaps so they might begin to learn what it is they should be looking for. 
finding challenge to their desires and objectives, their expectations of what the heralded heralded Lamb of God might do or be. How fitting, then, that we go to answer this question as a parish after we abide here with Jesus, after he makes a place in and among us and abides with us. To discern together as a community that abides with Jesus is to challenge our individual assumptions and those given to us by the powers and principalities of this world. If we are going to discern rightly what it is we should be seeking, together as a parish or as individual disciples, we come to the place where Jesus abides and we learn from him, from his life given to us in the communion of the saints gathered here and throughout history and from his life given to us in the sacrament at the table. Here we ask together what it is we should be seeking, and we begin to find the answer as we are gathered from our different stories and places to share together in communion with one another and with God. Amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. All that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God and true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. He will be the Holy Spirit. With the Father and the Son, He is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead. In the life of the Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the church and the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we may all be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. For Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Brian, our bishop, Johnny, our rector, Chris, our deacon, and our diocese for St. Peter's and St. Peter's Episcopal School, Chattanooga, and in our companion diocese of South Dakota for St. Mary Mitchell. We pray for all priests, bishops, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. Remembering Joseph, our president, the Congress of the United States, Bill, our governor, our courts of justice, and Pat and Richard, our mayors, we pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our words may find favor in your sight. Remembering Ed, Sister, Becky, Carolyn, Stephanie and family, 
Bill, Ginger, Louisa, Randy, Lisa, Mariana, Martha, Mike, Doreen, Beth, Lily, Rick, Jay, John, Kim, Deanna, Jackson, Kathy, Jonathan, Jonathan, Denise, Patricia, Sarah Beth, Jason, Gary, Kim, Diane, Larry, Alice, Seth, Matt, Richard, the Swift family, Donna, and have compassion on all those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. That light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come sharing your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and the needs of others. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I give to you, my own peace I leave with you. Regard not our sins, but the faith of your church, and give to us the peace and unity of that heavenly city. For with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Please show one another signs of peace. Well, welcome. It's... Uh, Good to be here together today, and as I said in the sermon um, following the service, we'll uh, head into the parish hall and we'll uh, enjoy our time together. There's a few folks who brought soup for us to share, and um, we'll be having light lunch and uh, discussion and, uh, and then hear a presentation of their reports and budget and uh, those sorts of things for the, um, uh, the annual meeting. Uh, so please join us for that um, uh, following the service. We have, um, there will be no EYG today because of the annual meeting, but the youth group members are welcome to join us in there. Um, there's, not, there's not really anything, um, so as far as voting is concerned in the annual meeting, if you're here, you're welcome to join us. Um, if you're a confirmed member of the church, you're welcome to vote when there is a vote uh, available. I, I'm not sure that there is one today, but uh, we, we will uh, nonetheless enjoy having you with us. Uh, we have uh, next Sunday. This is uh, important, so please pay attention. Next Sunday, the bishop will be here, um, and uh, we have a few folks who are going to be confirmed and received into the church. We have, I think, a total of eight folks coming for that, so uh, that should be a good, happy occasion. We'll have a um, refreshments following the service, as we do for coffee hour, and we will have, uh, the bishop has also decided that he wants to come for Sunday school at nine o'clock, um, and and uh, he has you know offered to teach that, and we came up with some really uh, fun topics for him to talk about in our Sunday school class this morning. Um, so you won't want to miss that, even if you're not a frequenter of Sunday school. 
Um, so we have that coming up next week. So please join us next week for the bishop's visit. Um, I also want to make note of uh, a couple things. Um, first is uh, we will have uh, four folks who are rolling off the vestry uh, this this year, and and we'll have uh, three folks replacing them this year on uh, at the annual meeting. Um, please thank the people who've been on the vestry and served the church uh, that they have, they've done that faithfully and have done that well and have contributed to the uh, operations and, and vision of, of the church. So please, please thank them for that. Um, and uh, thank the folks who are coming on the vestry uh, for, for serving in that way. I also want to thank the altar guild for being here, for setting up the service and for taking the Christmas things down. That's a lot of stuff to, to manage. So uh, thank you to the altar guild for doing that. Um, and then lastly, I do want to recognize, um, I don't do this often, but when people tell me about these things, I, I have to kind of brag about it uh, uh, to you all. So I want to tell you that um, Kathleen Donellan was named Teacher of the Year. Uh, and, and she was named that at the district level, and so now she moves on to the state level. So if any of you have influence with the State Board of Education, just, <laughs> you know, slip a fiver to one of them or something, and, um, and all right. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> any other announcements for the good of the group? Yep. I've got that. Okay. Are there any birthdays or anniversaries to bless and celebrate this morning? Come on down. <laughs> And a birthday for you. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, our times are in your hand. Look with favor, we pray, on your servant Margaret as she begins another year. Grant that she may grow in wisdom and grace and strengthen her trust in your goodness all the days of her life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We will walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, and the calling of Israel to be your people, and your word spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, 
and we await his coming in glory. And we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son and his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ and bring us to that heavenly country where with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Blessed Paul, Blessed Christopher, Blessed Timothy, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thy is the kingdom. The gifts of God for the people of God. Turning to your post-communion prayer, let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Christ, the Son of God, be manifest in you that your lives may be a light to the world and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah.